Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. So tonight, I am so excited to be here with you guys, starting a new series talking about the church. And I want you guys to make a commitment with me to listen to this with just open ears and open hearts, because I know that I'm talking to a bunch of church kids, but I think we need this. And God has even been dealing with me about this of like, hey, how are you showing up to church? Do you really even care? Like you love it and you have a good time, but I want to ask you guys a couple of questions tonight and point out something. And before I do all that though, let's start in Matthew 16. We're going to look at verses 15 through 18. Here's what we're kind of pulling the series from and the title, Build Your Church. And Matthew 16 says this, Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. And here's the key verse. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and on this rock I will build my church. You guys can say build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So we're going to talk about building our church in this series because I want you guys to understand that you have a really active, really important role in building your church. And I want to remind you, the Holy Ghost brought this up to me a couple days ago. In like the beginning of 2020, which is ironic looking back on it, Pastor Jordan did a series on the church and he said, this is no longer church as usual. Now, it turns out he meant that like super literally because in a couple months we were doing virtual stuff, right? And we weren't at church for quite a while. So I don't even think he saw that coming. But I got stirred again the other day to say, I'm showing up to church like it's church as usual. And there's so much more, okay? I'm not trying to say, like, be one of those people who's like, I don't know, the world is ending. But like, I don't know, the world might be ending. And all I know is that if things are wrapping up and with as crazy as it's getting out there, I know God is desiring to move in a huge way. And there are people who prophesied, people that I trust and believe, who said the last move of God will be a revival of the local church being what it's meant to be, being its fullest part in the world. And that's what I want to stir us up tonight to say, are you coming to church like it's just church as normal? And I want to say tonight, I have a couple of questions. You don't have to answer. Just listen, okay? But these are things I'm asking myself right now. Of course, we just came out of summer camp and I was just stirred to think, why do I act like summer camp is so amazing, but Sunday and Wednesday are not? Why do I act like camp is great, but Sunday and Wednesday are not? Do I feel excited to come to church? Do I feel confident that God will speak to me every time I'm at church? Do I believe the answers I need are being preached every time I come to church? And I want to say, if you can't answer yes to all of these, you're missing out on the gift that is the local church. Too many of us are looking at church as just like a duty, right? You come to church because maybe your parents make you or just because that's how you've been raised. This is what we do. This is why we come to church. I, I do that sometimes. I was raised that we come to church. I do not ever do anything else on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or during any other time that there's a church meeting scheduled because I go to church. And the principle of 
that is fine. And I'll talk about that later because you do need some discipline to come even when you don't feel like it. But if you're just viewing church as an obligation, you are completely robbing yourself of the benefit you could be getting from it if you truly showed up and believed that every single service God is bringing answers to me. Just like I show up at camp saying, I know that God will speak to me, I can show up every single Sunday and every single Wednesday saying, I know that God will speak to me. Just like I pray and I ask God for what I need at camp, I can pray and ask God for what I need every Sunday. And if you really believe that your pastor is a gift to your life, then that means you can have faith that whatever is coming out of the pulpit in this place is what I need. It is exactly what I need, whether I realize it or not. And so I don't want to see you guys miss out on what the church can really bring to your life because you don't view it properly. And I'm in the boat with all you guys. The Holy Ghost has been stirring me lately to say like, hey, how are you showing up on Sunday morning? Am I showing up expecting anything? right? I love church. I love to worship. I love to hear preaching. But do I really believe that God has something specific, individual for me every single service? Because if I don't believe that, then I'm missing out on it. The good news is if you do believe it, you can get that every single service and it will transform your life. So this is what I want to talk to you about tonight. It's how to make your church a vital part of your life. Because like I said, camp is amazing But there is nothing that happens at camp that can't happen every single Sunday and Wednesday. Even tug of war, if you guys want to go there, Sunday 1230, I'm ready. Okay? There is nothing that happens at camp that cannot happen every week of our life. The difference is just in how we show up. That's it. Do you realize that? That's it. The only thing that happens at camp is that we show up ready. That's why God can move the way he can. What do you think he could do on Sundays if we showed up ready? What could he do on Wednesdays if we showed up ready? He could do so much more than what we're allowing him to do. So this is how you make church a vital part of your life, and you get everything out of it that you're supposed to. The first thing, it's real simple. Go to church. Go to church. The Bible says don't stop getting together, right? Don't forsake gathering together, the assembly of the saints, whatever. It just means don't stay home. And maybe you're asking why. I want to talk about why. Why does the Bible say to not skip church? Don't forsake gathering together. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 in the Passion, and it tells us why. It says, He has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and grace to be prophets, and grace to be evangelists, and grace to be pastors, and grace to be teachers. So there's five different people listed here, apostle, evangelist, pastor, prophet, and teacher. Those are all people with different giftings, people with different callings, and we technically call this the five-fold ministry. I don't know who named it that, but just if you, if you want to get down the nitty-gritty and like understand what you believe, those are the five-fold ministry gifts. So it's saying he has called different people to be these things, and then we can go to the next verse. Their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge the body of Christ and build up the body of Christ. So what is God saying? I have given people five different callings, okay? Five different ministry callings. And the job of those people is to equip you to be able to do what you're called to do, right? 
It's simple, but sometimes we're not looking at these people in that way. The job of these people in our church is to equip us to do what we're called to do. The implication is that we, if we don't have these people in our life, we won't be equipped to do what we're called to do, right? This is why we come to church. We need those gifts in our life. God is saying, hey, I've placed these people in the church in your life. Their job is to help you. Help you do what you're called to do. If you want to do what you're called to do, you've got to be in the church to get around these people. They're not found anywhere else. They're not found at school. They're not found in your career. These gifts of ministry are found in your local church. And this is going to be a really simple night tonight. These are basic, basic truths. But I think if we really shake ourselves to see them with a fresh light, we're going to show up at church different. Because every time I come to church and I hear from a pastor, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher... Uh, I said one of those twice, didn't I? You get it. One of my five friends, I'm going to be equipped to do what I'm called to do. If I stay home, I'm going to miss part of what God had for me that day. These people are gifts to me. And I know that sometimes we don't think about this the right way, and a lot of times it's because the world doesn't think about it the right way, right? If, you, if you're, you know, in your workplace or whatever, people don't understand when you talk about your pastor, Right? Or maybe even why you don't just call your pastor like John or whatever, right? We call them pastor so-and-so, but here's why. We're recognizing the importance that they have in our life. The world doesn't know enough to honor people in that way and realize that, hey, this person is like bringing life to me and equipping me to do what I'm called to do. I need to value them and value their voice in my life. So start thinking of your leadership that way. God has placed these people in your life to equip you. That's their job. Too many people have the attitude of like, well, my pastor's always trying to tell me what to do or he's always trying to get my money. No, he's trying to equip you. He's here to help you. They're all here to help you. God has given us these people, it says, to nurture and prepare us to fulfill our call. We need these people. And where do we find them? In the church, exactly. So that's a real simple reason. Why do we come to church? Because that's where our help is. These people who can help our lives are at church. So I need to be at church too to allow them to help me. Another reason that we need to come to church is in Romans 1, 11 and 12. Because uh, due to COVID last year, we entered into the phase of like virtual church and all this kind of stuff. But I love what Paul says here. He says, I yearn to come and be face to face with you and get to know you because I long to impart to you some spiritual gift that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. Now, this means that when we come together and we're side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. What is he saying? I need to see you. There is something happens that happens when you attend church in person that can't happen when you're at home. And this isn't shade to anybody. I'm really glad that there's a lot of church options for a lot of people who maybe can't get out or can't make it to church or whatever. I think that's awesome. But I also think if you are physically able to get to church, you need to do it. Sitting at home reading your Bible is not the same. And this is coming from the guy who wrote like half the Bible the Bible like author, co-author along with God, he's saying, hey, this isn't enough. I don't want to just write these letters to you. I want to be with you. This is what he says it's going to accomplish. It's not the same staying at home because there's something significant. He says that when we're together, I can encourage you and I can impart something into you. That's a really churchy word that just means to transfer something into you that you need. 
And it cannot happen if you're not face-to-face. God can use podcasts. God can use streaming. I agree with all the above. Like I said, I'm not trying to shade anybody. And I think, you know, God has called different churches to do different things. And that's between them and God. But if you can make it to church, you need to do it. Because you will receive something that you cannot get at home. Church at home is not the same as being face-to-face. Paul said, I want to encourage you. I want to get to know you. You know, it's important that people at church know you, right? You know the people that I can usually help the most? The people I know the best. I can't know you if you don't come. Your leaders can't know you. People in the church can't know you. You need to be known at your church. Doesn't mean you have to know everybody, but there's got to be some people who know who you are. There's something significant that happens when you attend church. And Paul is saying, like, listen, as a preacher, as a minister, I can do so much more for you when you come. I can do so much more. I can help you so much more when you come. So number one, I know it seems simple, but it's just go to church. When you miss church, you're missing an impartation, he said, a spiritual gift, an empowerment that God was prepared to give you that day through your pastor. I'm not trying to be intense. I'm also not trying to be a weird church person, but this is the reality of what church does for you. I can come and receive an impartation, empowerment, and encouragement every single service. Why would I skip that? Why? It doesn't make sense. This benefits me to come to church. This is a a huge help to me. It makes church so much more exciting when you choose to show up thinking, I'm going to get something today that will help me in a way that nothing else can. I'm going to get something today that I couldn't get if I stayed at home. And listen, I'll be honest with you. Sunday, I almost stayed home from church. I didn't want to come. But this knowledge motivated me. I didn't feel good. I was super emotional. I knew I was going to cry during the whole worship, and I did. It's fine. <laughs> but when I woke up that day, I thought, I just want to stay home. I do not feel good. I want to stay home. But you know what? I showed up and I was motivated because I believed God had something for me at that service. So I came. That's how you stay motivated to come to church. You keep your thinking right about what really happens when you're here. It's not just something to show up to. It's not just something your parents make you come to. It's a place where you come to receive something you can't get anywhere else. And that's how you stay motivated to come to church. Show up to church like you show up to camp and just watch what God will do. That's what I want to do. This is a word to me tonight too. Show up to church like you show up to camp. If you don't get anything out of church, it's because you're not showing up prepared. You're not. And this is me too. The days that I don't come ready, I don't get a lot. But the days that I come and I'm expecting, I get everything I need because it's all about how we show up. So come to church. The second thing is to commit to church. And we're going to look in Acts 2 for this one, verses 42 through 47. So this is in the beginning of the first church, and it was real wild. And it says, that day about 3,000 took him at his word and were baptized and signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe, all those wonders and signs done through the apostles. And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. This is, listen to this. They sold whatever they owned and they pulled their resources so that they could meet each other's needs. 
They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal is celebration, exuberant and joyful. This is odd kind of church. And as they pray, your, your Instagram feed would be so lit if we did this every day <laughs> with all the meals. Exuberant and joyful as they praise God. People in general liked what they saw, and every day their numbers grew as God added to those who were saved. So I want to break this down. This is talking about the church, okay? It said they did these things. Are you ready? They lived in harmony, so they like liked each other and got along. They sold all they had and donated the cash to other people. They sold everything they had. They worshipped every single day at church. That means they had a service every day. They ate together every day. So not only did they have a service, but they had a meal. And they also saw people join their church every day. And my point in this is that I'm getting just tired of people acting like you're kind of extreme if you're committed to a church. The original church had a service every single day. And people act like they can't even show up for like a conference that's four nights in a row, you know? People act like it's crazy, like, oh, you're just at church all the time. It's not extreme. It's not weird. These people were together every day, had a service every day, had a meal every day, and they sold everything they had and gave their money to the church. Have you ever been asked to do that? I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been asked to. Also haven't done it. Maybe one day. But my point is, this is a demonstration of what a real church looks like. Let's not act like it's extreme. This is normal Christianity and a healthy church. And I just want to say, nobody thinks it's weird if you give this much time to like literally anything else, right? When you sign up for sports at school, you have practice every day. You have games all the time. You might even travel on the weekends. Nobody acts like that's weird, right? You could literally tell people that you watch Netflix for 17 hours on Saturday and no one would think it's weird, even though that is actually weird. <laughs> that one you might should be a little embarrassed of, okay? Right? What, what do we do? People who, who want to be good at something, they do it all the time. We're looking at these Olympians on TV. They practice their sport for like seven hours every day, and we're like, that is so amazing. No one's like, that's really weird. But you show up to church four hours a week, and everybody's like, hmm, that's kind of weird. That's, I don't know, isn't that like a little extreme? It just seems like you're always there. Like, seems like you have to be at everything. Like, you have to get there an hour before it starts. Like, I don't know, that's kind of weird. I'm really tired. That's not extreme. People are allowed to be extreme and committed to everything else. Do you realize that I spend 40 hours a week at work? If I spent 40 hours a week at church, people would think I was a lunatic. But no one cares if I spend 40 hours a week at work. Why? Because we are giving time to literally everything else besides the church. And that's where the devil's got into the thinking of the world. Let me make this weird and extreme and strange and just call it like bizarre. I don't know. Are you guys in a cult? Like it just seems like you're there a lot. No. People give their time to literally everything else and it's not a big deal. Why is it a big deal to give your time to your church? You are missing out if you're not doing life with your church family. What do we see in those verses? These people were doing life together. They saw each other every day. They ate together every day. They sold stuff to give their friend money when they needed it. These people really did life together. And God is demonstrating for us, hey, this is how I've designed my family to function. This is how the church is supposed to work. And you will receive so much benefit from your church if you will choose to do life with these people. And I want to look in Proverbs 27, 17. In the Amplified, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. Here's a reason to be committed to your church. I want to highlight this. You need to be around your church family because they're designed to sharpen you. They are literally made to help you. 
your church family. They're designed to help you and take it a step further. You're designed to help them. They need you and you need them. That's why God has called us to do life together so that we can help each other and sharpen each other. And I'm not saying don't hang out with anyone who doesn't go to your church, but I am saying don't hang out with anyone who doesn't sharpen you. And that will shorten your list just a little, (laughs) right? Don't hang out with anyone who doesn't sharpen you. God is saying iron sharpens iron. You have got to be around the right people, and your church is full of those people. Somebody being in church doesn't automatically make them right, so be discerning. But God has called us to be family and make each other better. And I want to say to you, if you hang out with people who make you dull instead of sharpen you, you're going to start to get really irritated when you're around the people who do sharpen you. If you've become dull, somebody's going to get up next to you at church and start trying to scrape up against you and sharpen you and say, who was that guy on your Instagram? Why did you go to that thing on Wednesday night? Where were you? You haven't texted me back in 17 days. That person's going to try and sharpen you, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and you won't like it. People do this all the time. You know your friends. When they start hanging out with other people, all of a sudden they're, like, really irritated by your questions, right? And they can never come to your stuff. And all of a sudden, they're just surrounding themselves with dull people because they don't like the discomfort of being sharpened. Pay attention to who you're around. Commit to your church. It's not extreme. It's not weird. It's how we're made to function and do life together so that we can be equipped, we can be helped, and we can stay really sharp. Don't stay around people who are making you dull. Stay around people who keep you sharp. Do life. Don't miss a service. Don't miss an event. Don't skip a dinner. Hello. They ate together every day. Don't turn down an invitation. And I'm talking to myself. Listen, one of the earmarks of our generation, I'm not saying you have to hang out with people 24-7, but we've become super isolated, right? Super isolated. It is statistically proven that people your age and my age tend to prefer to stay home and watch Netflix than go hang out with their friends. It's cultural right now. People prefer to stay home alone and just be on their phone than to be out with people. So you're going to have to fight against that. Don't skip church. Don't skip events. Hang out with the people who sharpen you. Do you guys want to know the most painful time that I ever didn't skip church? I just remembered this driving here tonight. So a couple years ago on Justin Bieber's Purpose Tour, I bought a ticket for $300, okay? Me and my coworker. I was thrilled, very happy about it. Um, I don't know if I was paying student loans at that time. I would guess not if I spent $300 on a ticket. Um, But I was super hyped to go. uh, And then on the church calendar appeared the Fall Word and Spirit Conference. So I knew, like, okay, okay. But it was several months in advance. And frankly, I I took like a little month or two to think about it just to be like, I was playing keyboard at the time. And I thought, well, maybe maybe Daryl can be there, you know, that night. I can like check and be sure that he'll be there. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like just the first night so I could come to the whole rest of the conference. And frankly, I had bought tickets with my coworker. And I was kind of embarrassed to tell her, like, I can't go because I got to go to church that night. 
if I can be really honest. I wouldn't be embarrassed today, but I was a little bit then. So anyway, I waited until like three weeks before the concert or something like that. And I told her, and then I ended up selling my ticket for like 50 bucks to somebody or whatever. But you know what? I remember that night of the conference being like, I'm so glad that I came. I don't regret this at all. I didn't want to leading up to it, but when I came and I received what God had for me, it made it worth it. So just don't skip. Don't miss an opportunity to get what God has for you. Commit to your church. Commit to your church family. Commit to those people who are designed to sharpen you. And the third and final point I want to talk to you guys about tonight is serve your church. And we're going to, I'm going to talk about this later in the month too. So we're just going to get it started tonight. But serve your church. Acts 6 verses 1 through 4 says this. During those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly, but a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek-speaking Jews who felt that their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. The 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, it's not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the word of God to wait on tables. We want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men, make sure that they're honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. I like the way they said that. That will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and preaching of the word. And then in verse 7, it shows the result of this. It says, God's word reigned supreme and kept spreading. The number of Jesus' followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. Even a great number of Jewish priests became believers and were obedient to the faith. So I just want to highlight, we see in a situation here, the church needed help with something. They were distributing food and there was a group of people who were getting missed. The church needed help. So what they did was to call people together and say, hey, we need help. We're going to pick seven of you and assign this task to you. It didn't mention them getting paid. It didn't mention them getting any kind of recognition. They just said, we need help. Uh, can you come serve us? And I just want to highlight, that's the way church works. God has built it this way. When the church needs something done, we show up and serve to do it. I really cannot stand when people get a little bit put out about their church asking them to do something. Like, oh, like... I don't know, they need help at landscaping day, but I don't really want to go, but my parents are making me go. It doesn't say that every single task is going to be fun. I've cleaned up kids' puke a few times here. It's not that fun. But you know what? That's what we do. When the church needs something, we show up and serve. And God was showing us here, hey, this is scriptural. The church is not taking advantage of you. The church doesn't owe you a paycheck. The church doesn't need to uh, see if you're available, right, and work around your work schedule. No, it says when the church needs something, they gather everybody together and say, hey, who can help? We need people to serve. This is the way that church works. This is God's design. So let's look at it the right way. The leaders tell us what we need to do or what they need, and we rise up to help them do it. So don't get irritated when you're asked to help. Understand that it's your way of bringing value to the house of God, right? People have bad attitudes, and I, it can be easy to do that. There are a couple areas of ministry of helps here that I have served in for over 15 years, and I'm not the only one. There's a million people, so that's not bragging. I'm saying that to say I know that when you show up and do it every week, you can allow yourselves to get tired if you don't watch out, right? Or listen, I've been there before where it's like I feel like, 
I'm part of one of five people who clean up after every single thing. It's not like that now. But when we were in high school, right, it was me and my friends. We set up for every event. We tore down every event. Now it's you guys a lot of times. You set up for every event. You tear down every event. Yes, that's the way it's supposed to be. You show up and serve your church. You show up and help your church. God designed it that way. They're not taking advantage of you. They don't owe you anything. If I believe that this is really the place where God has gifted these people to give Give my life what it needs. It's not a big deal for me to show up and serve. It's easy. It's a natural response. And when these people started serving, it says that God's word spread and the church grew constantly. And here's how you say motivated and inspired to serve. You realize that when I come to church and do my part, even if it's not a visible part, even if it's a hard part, even if I'm exhausted at the end and I had to watch kids during a three-hour service, listen, the result of that is that God's word spread, people were were helped and people got saved. That's why I show up to serve. Every single person who serves on a Sunday is contributing to the good things that God is able to do that day. You have a part when you show up to serve and what God is doing that day. You're part of allowing that to happen. When these men were given the task of just feeding people, distributing food, it says God's word spread and the church grew constantly. Because they showed up to serve. And listen, I'm there with you where sometimes you have to just take yourself and shake your attitude and say, no, no, no. It's an honor to show up and serve. It's not a big deal to show up an hour early when I know this is going to change my life today. When I know that my answer is here, and also not just me, but every other person I can see in this room, I'm showing up today so that every single person can receive what they need from God because I came to serve. Serving at church has taught me so many things. It's taught me really how to be a great employee, right? Show up on time, do a job well done, take correction and feedback when you don't do the job correctly, right? Your favorite preschool teachers or your favorite team leaders or whatever who are pointing out things to you constantly, that's their job. Listen, it's better to hear it from them than from your boss who's about to fire you. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> Learn how to show up and do a job well and serve in a position even when you don't feel like it, even when it's not fun. I learned how to do that. Uh, church and serving on teams is how I learned to lead and work with people. I saw other great leaders. I'm not saying I'm a great leader. I'm still learning a lot. But everything that I know is because I watched other people do a great job. And I saw what they did. And then I tried something, and it went horribly. And I said, okay, let me call one of my leaders and see how I could have done this differently. I learned how to do that in church, right? Some of the most valuable conversations I've had have been serving at church, like working in the kitchen with some of the ladies I'm not normally around. Their conversations are awesome. They're great, right? Serving in an area with someone I don't normally serve with. I remember uh, at landscaping days, like a long time ago, Miss Patsy was always here. And I always loved when I got like assigned working next to her. I almost always did because I wasn't very good. One time they told me to like prune these things or something. And I just cut down. Well, I cut down everything I thought I was supposed to. And then someone came up and was like, who cut all this down? And I was just standing there with the shears in my hand because I cut it all down. And after that, they assigned me to an older person at pretty much every other landscaping day, I think, to make sure I didn't cut down things that weren't supposed to be cut down. Or I just got put on mulch duty, okay? But anyway, the silver lining of the embarrassment was that I got to work next to Miss Patsy a lot. And I just loved conversations with her and how things she said about the word of God and, and just statements she would make. All these incredible conversations happened while I was serving at my church. 
And it's corny, but it's one of those things where when you show up to serve, it does more for you than it does for the people you're serving, right? You know that if you've had an opportunity uh, to volunteer with the homeless or even just serve with the kids, it's such a cool opportunity to teach them like about God. Some of that stuff they're hearing for the first time to teach them what God is really like and what church is really supposed to be like. It's such a cool opportunity, but it's designed to help us. And more than that, Every single time you serve, it's to the benefit of every person in the building and allowing God to do what he wants to do that day. So I want to encourage you, don't shy away from opportunities to serve. Don't get discouraged when you wake up and you have to put on your KOTR shirt and you're tired. I know it. It's fine. Just drink a coffee and show up with a smile because the kids are worth it, right? Show up at the door and greet people, right? Sometimes those are the, the first people maybe they're meeting in a church. If you love to do that, you have a good smile. Greet people. I don't know. Get on the usher team if you want to do that. Try something you've never done before. Show up and serve. It's not a duty. It's an honor because this is a place where I get the most help of anything in my life, and it's not a big deal to show up to serve. And as we close tonight, I want to look at Matthew 16 again. 15 through 18. Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you're Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And as we close tonight, I just want to encourage you, as we move into the days and weeks ahead, just evaluate how you're looking at your church because God is building his church. That's what he's doing in the planet. Yes, he's, he's moving and he's healing and he's helping and he's bringing freedom and I believe there's revival, but all that is happening through the church. Don't diminish the role that the church is supposed to play in your life. Don't undervalue it and miss all that God has for you through this wonderful family called the church. When you've grown up here your whole life, it's really easy to take it for granted. It's really easy to be annoyed when you have to miss things you want to go to because there's church, right? It's really easy to be annoyed when you have to be in preschool last minute or whatever. But shake yourself and say, no, 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 no. This is the greatest gift in my life. I'm going to go to church and show up. I'm going to commit to my church and make this my family. And I'm going to serve my church because I know the end result of that is God being able to move and do what he needs to do in people here today. So God is building his church. Don't lose sight of the fact that it's an honor to be involved. If you think about it this way, God could have done, he could have done things any way he wanted to, right? He made this thing. He could have moved however he wanted, but he loved us enough to say, no, I want to do it with them. This isn't just about me and what I can do. It's about my family and what I want to do through them and what I want to do with them. It's an honor to be able to show up to church and receive what I need. It's an honor to be able to show up to church and help other people. It's an honor to put tables and chairs out on a super hot day for a summer picnic. It's, it's not just surface level. This is what God is doing, and this is what God is building. So let's stir ourselves to be excited and to value our church, to not be embarrassed like I was about the Justin Bieber concert, about like, no, I'm going to be at church four nights this week. I can't miss any of them. No, this is an honor to show up. And it says earlier, too, you know, that when all this stuff was happening in the church, and they were getting together every day, all these services, all these meals, selling all their stuff and giving all the money away. It says other people saw it and liked it. 
If we really do church the right way, people are going to be attracted to it. They're not going to think it's weird. They're going to think like, wow, this is amazing. A group of people who love each other, a group of people who actually have peace, a group of people who aren't struggling with depression. What is going on here? If we do church the right way, it attracts people. So when we're saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't really see our church grow. I don't see a whole lot of new people coming. Well, maybe it's because we're not doing church the right way. Maybe you and I need to show up more, and maybe you and I need to commit more, and maybe you and I need to serve more, because if we do church the right way, people are going to come. And it's attractive to see a church body functioning the way that God designed. So I love you guys. I hope nothing I said sounded harsh tonight. Like I said, I'm saying these things to myself just as much as I am to you. But just remember, there's nothing special about camp other than the way we show up. There's nothing that just happened at camp that cannot happen every single Wednesday. So do you guys want to have a better time on Wednesdays and Sundays? I do. And, and listen, I appreciate you people who are coming down front for worship on Sunday mornings. I love it. I almost cried the first time it happened. I love it because why? That's passion. This is honor for God's house. This is too good for me to stay in my seat. I got to come forward and worship because I love what God is doing here. So I'm not proud. I am so pleased. And you people who are doing that, <laughs> I've been struggling since Keith Moore. But really, I love you guys. And I want to say keep doing it. And other people will follow because it's fun to see people who are serving God and excited. So let's close in prayer tonight. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 